Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 42. It's now been 13 weeks, one day since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings around compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today I'm sitting up next to the top of my upper Zen spot on the mountain after hiking. So you might hear some birds, you might hear some winds. It's not super windy. It's a little bit chilly in fact, but I'm up here really enjoying my solitude and my time on this little bench, looking out over all the view of the valley because it reminds me just how far I've come. Now yesterday's episode was a little bonus episode for you where I was walking and talking, but today I have a topic. So when we return from our snippet of the wonderful inspiring song, I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'm going to give a few shout outs to new listeners. I'm going to read a comment from my brave companion friend, Sandy. And the topic is going to be, how can we be authentic and not steamroll others and still be true to ourselves? But I'm letting go, I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent wind that never really blows, I'm letting go. Well, brave companions, I think what I'm going to let go of today is the idea that I can somehow control other people. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to give up the idea that no matter how I might try with manipulation, kindness, meanness, firmness, any way I might try, that I'm going to have the ability to control another human being. Heck, I can't even control my cat, <laughs> let alone a person. And I think Deep down, I have this secret suspicion that somehow if I just found the right key, the right lever, the right thing to open up the box of that person's psyche, maybe I could have them do what I, Lori, queen of the universe, would like. Now, you might be laughing at me saying, Lori, that doesn't sound like you. Well, yes, it does. It sounds like every one of us. From the time we were little babies and we were, we were crying and hoping to get fed some milk, <laughs> you know, we were hoping for something, right? We were the center of our universe. We felt things, we knew things, we wanted things. And a small little snippet is deep inside each one of us, I think, that's still hoping that someone's gonna come along and feed us, hold us, do what needs doing to make our universe feel better. But first, let's do some extra special shout outs. First up is new listener, and I hope new brave companion, Marie. Marie emailed me via the contact form that she had just discovered this podcast, and it was her last sentence in this that gave me the idea for today's topic. In fact, I got Marie's comment just before I came up here hiking. So see, your comments do count. Marie says, it is helping me to live my authentic life, even if it is not always easy. And that really resonated with me. So that's where I got today's topic. And I also tried something new because phone service up here at the top of the mountain comes in and out and in and out. 
but on the notes app of my phone is where I keep some of my shout out notes that I want to keep track of. And while I was checking them, I saw that email was live. And so I said, I wonder if I can send Marie a photo of myself waving hello from the top of the mountain, because that would be cool if it works. Now my phone service went immediately out again. So Marie, I have no idea as yet, did that work? But thank you so much for stopping by and leaving that comment. Another extremely special shout out is to new listener Nancy from Illinois. And she kind of made my dreams come true because she called on the Bravery Hotline. But like many people who contact me, she does not feel comfortable for me to use her voice nor really give her story or details other than to say that she really appreciates this podcast as a resource to help her in her life. And she's up to day 11 and hoping I'm going to do well. (laughs) And she's trying to hurry up and listen to all of them to get caught up. So imagine that, my whole 13 weeks compressed down into a couple of days. That would be like the whirlwind. Then Nancy, whenever you get up here to day 42, I want you to know that you are making a real difference in my life. That your vocal message, when I heard that you called the Bravery Hotline and I heard what you had to say, that touched my heart. I think you're a very special lady. And I hope that someday when you feel more confident and more brave, that you might reach out and tell a little bit of either your story or just give a hello for the other brave companions to hear you. And I want you to know, I think you were extremely brave to call. And I really respect you and you can trust me. I'm not going to tell any more than that. But I do super appreciate that you called and I'm looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Next up, I wanted to read to you a little bit about what Sandy had to say on our last episode about therapy, actually the next to last episode. I thought Sandy's comment was really pertinent to what I'm talking about today because she says on the therapy episode, which actually was on day 40, and referring a little bit to the clutter episode, which was on day 37, what a great episode, Lori. It seems there is a critical mass of healing that is underway. I love that line that Sandy wrote. It seems there is a critical mass of healing. You know, getting better. We're underway. Welcome welcome to all of the new brave companions. We are more alike than you know, and we all share a deep desire to be okay and to be loved. We are all of those and more. And Lori, while I have not yet tackled my closet, in my proverbial closet, I am proud to be part of such a loving group of brave companions. I think we all need to be compassionate and forgiving of ourselves. Well done, Sandy. Thank you for that comment because I think that (laughs) I'm really struggling with my talking today. I think that that is so true. I see almost like a groundswell of the brave companions reaching out to me and to one another and saying, we're here, you're not alone. I want support, I need support, let me also give support. I think that we're wonderful. And I, I see that inner spark starting to shine among the brave companions, that they are feeling that sense of not being alone in this issue and not being alone in life. And to that end, I would like to ask all of you, as we wrap up our shout out segment, Those of you who pray to pray, those of you who send positive vibes or just good energy to one of my favorite brave companions, Janet. 
I'm not going to say anything more other than Janet is going through a challenging situation that takes extreme bravery and she could really use some positive vibes and support to just know that in the universe people are thinking well of her. So if you want to email me or post a encouraging comment to Janet, please do that and I will pass along any message that you want. Now before it completely flies out of my head, I recommended a podcast to you last episode called Quit Binge Eating by Alan Standish. Now Alan is a recovering binge eater and he's had his show and his blog for a couple of years now, I believe. And he has a lot of good insight having dealt with binge eating himself. And he also interviews a lot of experts and people that have therapeutic expertise or other expertise on the topic. And today while I was hiking up the mountain, I listened to his interview with Michelle Cleary, who is a therapist that specializes in night eating syndrome. But everything she had to say was very, very pertinent to compulsive overeating and binge eating. And it really illuminated a lot of points for me. And because she can speak much better to these points than I can, I'm going to put the link to Alan's website to the episode of which I'm referring. Or you guys can look up Quit Binge Eating and look for the episode by Michelle Cleary. Well, my whole letting go for today was about controlling other people. So Lori, what has that got to do with being your authentic self? Well, sometimes I think when we become brave and start speaking our truths among our friends and family and especially among people that we're close to because we start speaking our truth to people that are safe, right? We're, we're not going to be so brave that we start speaking to people we don't know, I guess, except for me, <laughs> because I'm speaking to all of you. But remember, to me, right now, I'm sitting alone with my thoughts on top of a mountain. So yes, my conscious Lori part realizes that thousands of people actually listen to my words. <laughs> but the appearance of that to me is I'm just speaking out loud to myself. That's what it feels like. So. Well, it does take some amount of bravery. I'm always kind of just a little bit surprised when you guys answer me back because it's kind of like singing in the shower, right? <laughs> That's what it feels like. But I started like becoming brave and telling my truth to my husband, Mark. And sometimes the way I would tell Mark my truth didn't put Mark in such a good light because we've discussed before my rage issues and so some of my truth came out in ways that might not have been too productive, right? Because I really shouldn't be giving in and doing things I don't want to do in my marriage or in my household chores or anything else. I could make a conscious choice to do something that's not my favorite out of love for my husband or a desire to, like when we did all this cleaning stuff, I didn't love that, but both Mark and I share a desire to actually have a house that's clean enough that if someone came over to visit us, like you, Sandy, if someone could come over to visit us, we would feel happy and proud and comfortable in our house. And even if no one comes to visit us, we would like to be able to live in our own home and feel comfortable and happy, right? So 
that means I chose to do some tasks that aren't my favorite. But sometimes, like if it comes to my mind that I want to do some house cleaning chore, I feel in my compulsive brain that we need to A to Z or A to Z, depending where you live, <laughs> clean the whole darn thing and make it all perfect. And because it's on my mind and my agenda, I think that today is a grand day for Mark to get out of the bed and start cleaning too. After all, why should I be the only one cleaning our house? Doesn't he live there too? Jeez, you lazy son of a gun, you're just laying around enjoying yourself and I'm sitting here scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing this floor. And how many times have I had to scrub this floor while you get to lay around? Well, okay, that's just a little, little play acting of my memory of how I feel when I get myself all worked up into a snit and lay it on Mark what I think about him not cleaning on the day that I decide to clean. Well, we've been married almost 20 years, as I said yesterday. <laughs> and it took me 20 years to figure out that me stuffing, 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 stuffing down these feelings and then exploding in a ball of fury of my ultimate truth does not do a darn thing to get me help from Mark. And in fact, damages our relationship. Because how much would you feel like hugging and kissing and loving your wife and saying nice things when you've just been screamed at in an abusive way by this Herodin with a mop? Well, no. Herodin with mop is not the most attractive <laughs> vision for a man waking up to see. So what I found works a little bit better is to calm down as much as possible, even write down in my little book the points I wish to discuss and to tell my truth in a non-reactive type way, such as, Hun, I noticed the downstairs bathroom needs cleaning. Would you be willing to do it within the next four days? And usually he might say, yes, I am willing to do that. Or he might say, no, I'm I am planning on doing some gardening work or some other things. And I might say, could you, would you be willing to scrub the toilet in the next four days? Because my hands are kind of, kind of weak and it's hard for me to scrub really effectively in some things. And so we will negotiate so that he feels like I'm not pushing him. Like, I want you to do it, and I want you to do it this very moment. And I also give him kind of the choice of when he's going to accomplish it. And then the really, really hard part for me on that is to shut the heck up, do not nag, do not remind, do not do anything, but let him alone. And then when he does whatever he's agreed to do, do not and this is really important, companions, do not follow behind and point out all the ways that it would have been done better if he would have done it the way that I would have done it. Where does that come from? Am I just a critical bitch? Yes, sometimes I am a critical bitch. But I think that's also that deep-seated need for control. Because why do I want this bathroom clean? Well, one, I like a clean bathroom myself, you know, but two, it's like I like the feeling that our guest bathroom is really in good shape in case someone comes over, that that's what they're going to see. So it's also kind of this, this, a, 
worry about the outward. What are they going to think if they come in here and this bathroom is, you know, messy? What are they going to think? They're going to think we're lazy or, or dirty people. Now our bathroom never gets to that state where anyone is going to have a shocking moment because they walked in and used our restroom. No, that's not going to happen. But I realize that even something simple and pedestrian like cleaning your home, especially when you're sharing these chores with your kids or your husband or your wife or your partner, something that really isn't emotional supporting is. Really, it's all, it's all the same thing, whether it's our dealings with food, our dealings with our friends, with our loved ones, with our house, with stuff we do. It all comes down to that I am the center of my universe and I'm not feeling good and I want something to make me better, make me feel better. Sometimes that's to invite the robot aliens down into my body <laughs> so that I can say, I don't know what happened. The robot aliens came in and the robot arms went through my sleeves and next thing I know the chips are gone. But it's true, when the robot aliens are let loose on my cupboard, I have invited them. I have beamed them a signal. Robot aliens, it's time to come down because that's the only thing right now that's going to make me feel better. Part of me is making that choice even if I don't realize it. And when I wake up and I decide this house is not clean enough to suit me, it's because it is reflecting back to me a way I'm feeling inside. It's giving me discomfort, whether it's like, it could just literally be too dirty and messy or dusty and I need to vacuum because of my allergies and it's just not fun to sit in a house where you're sneezing and can't breathe. Or it might be, I've got these CDs all over the place and I can't stand it another day to have these CDs all over my dining room table. So let's, let's, get, let's get on that. Let's snap too. Let's get this project done so I get my table back. This messiness is reminding me that I have this chore that's undone. And it's also kind of feeding into my whole things aren't aligned all the way that I would like. Now, overall, I don't suffer too much from OCD where I can't stand it at all. If, you know, the forks aren't lined up or the door isn't locked or, or some of those issues. But I do have compulsive issues. It all goes down to my eating issue. And my external world reflects how I feel or how I feel reflects my perception of how that world be is. How that world is. Okay, so... On one day when I'm feeling happy and healthy, and maybe Mark and I are going off to go bike riding with Sandy, I could see those CDs on the table and no worries at all because those CDs are just sitting on the table and we'll get to it later. We're off now to have fun. But maybe I wake up one day and I'm feeling insecure and I'm feeling fat or maybe my pants are tight. I don't know. For some reason, I'm feeling not as good about myself and so I go down there and see those CDs and it it triggers me it's just like having a food thought I take my discomfort from inside and I project it onto this table and from that I project it onto my husband that I want him to take care of this for me because it's a lot easier if Superman will fly down and take care of my mess for me I've always wanted someone to come in 
and make me feel better. Remember the story I told you about little Lori in the mirror? I would look in the mirror when I was four years old, three or four years old, and I would say, Mommy doesn't love me. Daddy doesn't love me. My brother doesn't love me. Nobody loves me. And I would say that to myself over and over. So what do you think happened to my impressionable brain? I look in the mirror today and my first thought is, nobody loves me. And that doesn't feel very good, right? That doesn't feel very good. And what feels good to a little three or four year old girl who thinks that? Well, cookie feels good. So when nobody loves me but myself, how do I make myself as a little kid feel better as I'm going to eat something? When I'm a big girl and I've decided not to be eating the cookies because I'm externally counting my calories or putting a restriction on myself or, or whatever reason, I am controlling for now my eating behaviors, but I still have that feeling of nobody loves me and that's my truth. I might reflect that as, please come and clean my house. <laughs> please come take my car to the, the store for me and get new tires so I don't have to. Please take care of me. Because I spend a lot of my time trying to take care of other people. Partially because I'm a very empathetic and compassionate person. I think that's just part of my nature. I've always been very kind to creatures and animals. And I always would befriend the lame ducks. And have compassion for people in my world. Pretty much so. But part of that is me working through my issue that I so wished in my young life where so many people did not get me. I wished someone would get me. I wish someone would understand me. I wanted somebody to help me and to say, you're a priority, you're important. And I don't think that's an unreasonable goal, you know. When you're dealing with your friends or the people in your job or an organization that you belong to or your family, your needs are very important. And it's really vital that we as people pleasers learn to understand our own needs and understand our own priorities and to make them a priority. But we also have to understand that every single person we come in contact with have their needs their priorities, their agenda, and their time frame. And sometimes in our rush to march ahead bravely under our banner of priority, we unknowingly step onto that soft, tender part of our co-worker, our spouse, our partner, our friend, even the stranger on the street who we frown at because we're in a bad mood and unknowingly impact them. Sometimes our need can step on others. So what do we do? Now, again, I'm not a therapist and I'm not an expert and I'm certainly not super good at this yet. But I think like what I've been trying to do with Mark and the house cleaning is a good, good thing, is to try to speak your needs in a very neutral manner that doesn't make the other person wrong. You can still it's the old you know I messages versus you messages that kind of thing but 
I think it's really true. If you stick to the facts, man, you know, in business, I learned that. You don't go to the high muckety-mucks with huge passionate pleas like, this is the initiative I think we should do, and, and just because I think so. And maybe you are an expert, and maybe you do know best, but that's not going to fly. But if you come to the high muckety-mucks with, here, I've compared the stati- I've compared the data, and here it shows that we are going to be 25% more effective with 15% less cost if we perform this within this time frame. I leave you with this to consider. Well, what high Lord Muckety Muck is not going to think they want to have productivity and cost savings, and especially if they think it's their idea. Okay, that's how in business you try to get something done. And I think in our personal life, it's kind of the same thing. Now, I'm not going to have Mark the spreadsheet, but we can talk about our goals as a family and try to find some meeting of the minds and then work around what can we do to accommodate that so we can have a win-win. And then I think something else that I've realized is Mark is very appreciative of me, but he's not a verbal person. Okay, I might say to him, good job, I really enjoyed how you did this, or that's really fantastic that you did that. Verbally, I would say it. But Mark is not a big talking verbal man. So he might bring me flowers in from the garden and put it on the table. And by that, he means, I appreciate that you did the laundry for me. I appreciate that you went to the grocery store and got the food that I was wanting. But I have been thinking... You never tell me that you appreciate what I do. And I've been bitching about that. But when I look back on it, Mark does take my car to the gas station and make sure it has gas in it. He does bring me flowers now and again. Sometimes he does give me a hug for no reason. Mark tends to show his appreciation without talking. So I had to actually tell him, Honey, I appreciate these flowers. And by that, do you mean that you love me? And he said, Yes. I said, Well, I know I'm funny this way, but for me, it really sinks in really well when you hand me the flowers and say, This is because I love you. That's what makes me feel really loved. So we can't assume that people know our truth, so we have to share that. But we also have to think about how are these people feeling right now? And what is the method of my delivery? Because that can make a huge difference. Anyway, brave companions, like I said yesterday, Mark and I are going off soon to have a few days away to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary. So you're going to have a larger than usual gap between podcasts. While I'm away, please do take the time to comment and support each other and go back and listen to some of your favorite episodes if you like, because I will be back, I will be recording, and until then, take care, because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. Ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. 
my skin and by the 